1: I was thinking about maybe we break down the final preseason game, but the Pacers and Cavs played a JV scrimmage, so there's no value to be gained from discussing much of that game. Instead, we're going to look ahead. It's the regular season week. There's a ton of new Pacers injury updates. They trimmed their roster. A lot of news about the team to break down and get to as they head into their first game that counts on Wednesday in Charlotte. And joining me to do that, of course, my lovely co-host, Mr. Adam Freeman, former Indy corner's writer extraordinaire. Adam, how's it going?
0: Going pretty well. Uh, I'm excited for the season to start. We are days, not weeks, away from the regular season, so I'm, 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 I'm excited.
1: <laughs> Look at the Carlisle inverse quote shade already to start the show. I love it. Uh, <laughs> yes, two days to be exact, which is, which is interesting. And this isn't the order I was going to go in for injuries, but Adam's saying days, not weeks has me starting in a reverse order. So let's get through some injury updates. And the big one is Karis Levert. We'll do him second, but I have to use Adam's segue. TJ Warren will go with first. In,
0: uh, in my defense, oh. you put you put his injury down first in our show preview, so that's why I did that.
1: <laughs> I did not. I put Karis uh, down, didn't I?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. You know what? I just didn't <laughs> Adam know. can't Very read much. the sheet,
1: apparently, but that's okay. Um, yeah, TJ Warren's still in a boot uh, the last couple times I've seen him, uh, and he had his last scan on his foot last Tuesday, the 12th, I believe that was, Carlisle said the news was positive, but still said it's a weeks, not days recovery thing. His next scan is three weeks from that Tuesday. So early November, we'll get another update on TJ Warren. Not worth going too long on that. Lavert's the big one, though, because, or the bigger one, because it's like a substantial update from the last thing we heard, which is he could be back for the regular season. He still looks fine, but uh, we talked to Rick Carlisle on Saturday after practice, and he said, Karis Levert's going to miss the first four games, at least for the Pacers this season. That is uh, in Charlotte, in Washington, and then at home against the Heat, and then against Milwaukee next Monday, that Monday, the 25th. He will have more testing done to determine if he can come back after that. So that's a really big change, Adam, because, I mean, maybe he would have missed a game in my head, but I did not think he'd miss the first four and maybe even more if the testing doesn't go well. So that kind of makes me recalibrate what I'm expecting from this team in the first couple games.
0: Yeah, and the thing to look at, too, is just look at the schedule. So Many times when a player comes back from injury, this may not be this case, but you would like to bring him back during a home game. So the first four, they don't play a home game. They play home game in game seven. They don't play it in five or six, and they go to the West Coast in early November. So if this ends up being like a two week thing, we could maybe see him miss like the first ten games. They decide they don't want to start him. You know, bring him back on like a, in a Sacramento game at I don't know, like I can do like six p.m. Eastern or something like or something like that on on the West Coast. So I. It could, get, it could get interesting, just if they try to. They want to bring him back in a certain point, and not want to like drag him around if he's still kind of even minor hurt. They brought him back last year in Phoenix. Do you remember that? On the, in the, I on did. The but that was because that was the first game after. Well, second after the after the uh, back after game. the break. Yeah, right. Because they they played a back to back, so they wanted to bring him back for one of the two. So that made a little more
1: sense. I guess the reason I think, I think it'll be it'll be pretty quick from once he's cleared that he'll come back is we learned from Sabonis just after we talked to Carlisle that LaVert's doing like 5 on 0 stuff with the starters in practice. That's kind of a new update uh, as of this weekend. So like he's he's moving really well when we see him. He's shooting all the time, doing conditioning, working with the starters on sets and stuff. He just can't do contact yet. So I'm, obviously that like it matters, it's a hurdle to get over, but he's like in shape, you know, and he's and he's going through the sets with the starters. So I think that Once he is cleared, it won't be very long from that that he'll be able to return to the court. So if he is cleared next Monday, very possible that he can play uh, in that road game in Toronto on the 27th, maybe the 29th against Brooklyn. So if if he's cleared that day, I think he'll only miss four or five games. But we'll have to see at the reevaluation. But. You know, the the leapfrog from this is Lamb was questionable with a wrist injury. He missed their last preseason game. Uh, Ideally, he can go opening night, so they'll have the resources to fill in for Levert for a little bit. But, like, a bump for Duarte and Lamb in minutes could be coming uh, very quickly this season. Do
0: we have any holiday news? I mean, do we know? We'll get to that. We'll
1: get to that. Let's get through the Levert fallout
0: first. (laughs) Well, no, but I think the the fallout does imply the holiday a little bit, because I think that's Levert is needed back as fast as he can get back, right? It's not like this thing where he is... The, they'll be down two starters and at that point you it sort of becomes desperate ish right and especially because basically every backup two behind him has some injury right you go you have Sumner who's out obviously Lamb's got an injury on the team. Duarte doesn't yeah Duarte doesn't um and so on so yeah you just keep going yeah Sumner's on the team anymore fair enough you're right I forgot it's on the team but you know what I mean like all the two guards they had were injured Ke- Keelan has a minor injury and you just keep going down the list like they needed some kind of two, two, two guard basically
1: They'll be very reliant on Duarte to fill a lot of that time in the first four games, but a good opportunity for him, you know, to, to do the slightly positive thing. it's that your rookie can get a bunch of minutes in the in the real games right away. really see what you have with him, really evaluate how he can hang in real game, you know real rotations with the other guys. So that's good uh, at least a small bright side there, although you'd obviously rather have Levert and Lamb is I think Lamb and Holiday's injuries kind of play in with his. But yeah, like I said, Lamb missed the last preseason game with a wrist injury. Um, he was listed questionable and didn't play. Uh, so that makes me think that he was like maybe close to playing, but it was a preseason game. They sat their starters for the last 20 something, 25, 26 minutes of that game anyway. So I'd presume he'll be available opening night. I didn't even ask about him just because of the the designation he had before that game. That's a guess. Ideally he could go and then he can be your backup too. And you start Duarte, but that also depends on Justin holiday who also plays into this because you could end up starting, both Lamb and Duarte. If, if Justin Holiday can't go, the update on uh, Holiday is he is progressing. Uh, Carlisle said. And when we were, I was asking Carlisle about injuries and about Justin Holiday. And while I was asking the question, two feet over, running between the courts, sprinting, doing sprints between the courts at the practice stadium was Justin Holiday sprint. So he's running fine, doing his conditioning work now. I had uh, Carlisle said it is possible. Uh, that he could be ready for opening night, but he wouldn't You know, he wouldn't say anything on it. He said, there's a chance we'll have him back. I don't know, but I don't know how great a chance. So we'll have to see with Justin Holiday. I would guess that, I'd probably say 50-50 for him opening night, but he just heals so fast from all his injuries that it's a maybe for him, and it'd be huge if they had him because it would really kind of stabilize the rest of their injuries given that we're going to not see LaVert that game.
0: Yeah, we should be good with Justin Holiday. His injury wasn't... I mean, just from the eye test, it didn't seem like it was something that was like Mm -hmm. he tore something particularly or broke a bone straight up. Like it was a bad ankle, really bad ankle sprain. But like those are not like extremely long injuries as long as you didn't like fracture or damage any ligaments around them, which is so like he should be good at some point early in the season. Right. He could miss the first game just because he's like it's still sore or whatever. But I don't expect him to be back probably before Levert just based on the way the way his injury happened, the way he's like basically his past record, because he just always comes back in, in a timely manner, basically.
1: Yeah, the, the, the trouble is, we'll get to Brogdon momentarily, because he's the only one who's kind of out of this scope, but between it being Warren, Holiday, Lamb, Duarte, and Keelan to an extent, like, all their injuries are the same position, right? So yeah. any any one or two guys coming back is really important, because, you know, not only are you, we talked about the stacking with the injuries all the time. But not only, so not only are you getting someone better in your starting lineup, but also the backup then gets better too, and that's usually where the injury fall off is. And like we saw at the end of preseason, when Lamb was out, like they were, I mean, they were getting wild with their rotations, I guess, in the back of preseason. So it's a little hard to read into it. But you know, in that last preseason game, they would not have had hardly anyone who could have played backup wing for them uh, in a serious way. They would have probably had to go with like Wanamaker at the two behind Duarte, and then uh, maybe Keelan, but he wasn't healthy. I mean, they would have had to really be squinting to figure out who they wanted their backups to be on the wing that game. So any of these guys coming back would be really huge because all of a sudden the Pacers season is starting with like a very weak ring rotation. Again, I think a couple of these guys will be back, maybe all Butler, honestly, but um, and Warren, of course. But we'll have to yeah. see. You know, the, the first injury report coming out on Tuesday will be really critical to see how this team might start their
0: season off. Yeah, because at some point then you are playing Keelan Martin big minutes if things keep happening. Well, uh, well he
1: is also hurt. <laughs>
0: Well, yes, but okay. We assume he's the most minor. We'll get to
1: this. He's still on the team right now, but he could, in theory, True. not be on the team
0: later this week. We'll okay. See. Well, then then we're talking about all of a sudden like Brad Wanamaker kind of playing some two guard because they're basically yeah. down to emergency spots. and that's, I don't uh, think that will happen, but maybe it might be needed. Uh, but basically, I mean, right now, Duarte is just basically going to get huge minutes by the fact that is getting hurt. Lamb. Yeah, but well, Lamb is kind of hurt, right? Isn't <laughs> he? Right. Like, Duarte has no injuries theoretically at the moment that we know of. And by that, merger, might play, yeah. Currently, he, no injuries. He might play 32 minutes the first game just because of that, frankly.
1: Yeah, it's really getting dire very, very quickly. I'm afraid we're missing someone. I mean, Torrey Craig is healthy, right? So, like, he can fill in some of these wing yeah. minutes, too. Um, so they they, they, won't, they wanted to go to, like, the Keelan. O'Shea could, of, could do some emergency yet. stuff. O'Shea was with, the, start of, or with the, um, the actual rotation in their final preseason game when there were a lot of injuries. So they, they have enough that they probably don't have to go to, like, the very end of their bench just yet. And I think, and again, enough guys will be back that it won't be at that level. But certainly not the start you want if you're the team, and we'll see. But I, I think a little bit on the fortunate side just in general is – you know, the Hornets, I, I guess if they have Craig, this will be nice because he can kind of match up with Hayward when he's in the game. But outside of Hayward, their wings aren't awesome. They added in Kelly Oubre. Uh, Myle, I guess Miles Bridges, Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward's a pretty good uh, wingish group, but it's not like so dangerous. There's no real star-studded power if they can clamp Hayward for a little bit. And then the Wizards' wing rotation is even worse than that. So in theory you can buoy yourself for two games and not not look so embarrassing with that but then you get to the heat in the bucks and all of a sudden you really need these guys. So the quicker that mo-
0: most of them can come back the better. And so is it, and there's no Brogdon at the moment, right? It's just sort of same. The
1: Brogdon update from Carlisle last week was, you know, he was going through their shooter around stuff before the Memphis game. That was two preseason games ago and yeah. it was and he said he expects him to play uh, or he thinks he's going to be able to play in the first game. So we'll see on the update there. Because then uh, it was guarded so, and then
0: it's like even more like, Yeah.
1: <laughs> then Wanamaker is definitely playing.
0: Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah it's like uh, 25 minutes if that happens. Yeah, seriously.
1: I mean, I, I can't believe we're at this point already where we're breaking down injuries left and right. But it seems like, again, knock on wood, that several of the guys who are hurt will be ready for the opening night game. But that said, someone else could surprise us and be on the injury report by then too. It's been really crazy covering this team throughout this preseason because there was a trade and a signing and the guys got hurt and it, it was a mess.
0: It was really a mess. So Yeah, I mean I still I mean I did I already did it. I kind of forgot Summer's not on the roster. I talked about his injury and like it matters, <laughs> yeah. but he's literally no one on the roster anymore. It's like it's still I mean that is a two guard they lost, but I still you know you just forget about it.
1: Keelan Martin had a hamstring injury that kept him out of the last two preseason games. I did see him at practice on Saturday going through shooting drills at the end. I don't know his health status very well. Uh, And we'll talk about roster cuts in a second and where he relates to that. But he was still on the team as of as of the weekend. Uh, His cut date for his guarantee date comes up this week. So we'll see. But he could end up like if he's healthy and other guys can't go, he might end up being a little bit needed. We'll see what shakes out with him there. If he's even able to go, he might end up being a little bit important, which is crazy to think about for the first game of the season. But are you ready to move on to roster cuts, Adam? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. That was uh, a lot to get to. I, I mean, we gotta just rebrand to lockdown injuries at this point. That's what it's become. But yes, yeah, so let's pivot and talk about some other stuff. But first, I want to talk about the great people over at Prize Picks because they have the best NBA DFS prop games on the market. They offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the same superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. They offer any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown and all of their users that deposit and use the promo code NBA when you sign up will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can up to 10 times at any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. They have an award-winning app. You can do mixed sport entries. All can be done in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com today. Use that promo code MBA. Or go to your app store, download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And of course, we got to talk about the great folks over at Direct TV Stream. Because if you're like me, you got one device to let you catch the game live. That has been my laptop, though that might be pivoting soon. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. That's my Xbox. Another thing to watch your sports highlights. That's my phone. And of course, your friends and your parents logins for the good stuff. That's a pain. There's a simple and easier way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And that's Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy a new device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. Get rid of all the clutter and confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Pacers had to cut down their roster by today, Monday the 18th. If you're listening in the future, uh, that was Monday the 18th. And they did it. And they cut. So that there were two groups of signings. I kind of discussed that this would happen, although I thought it would happen earlier in the offseason. doesn't matter. Uh, so after the Cavs game, the night of the Cavs game, uh, the Pacers announced they cut Kiefer Sykes, Terry Taylor, and Nate Hinton. And then they signed Justin Anderson, former first-round pick who actually played for Rick Carlisle with Dallas. Uh, Benny Boatwright, who played for the Pacers in Summer League, and Derek Culver, a uh, younger forward slash center from West Virginia. Uh, he had not been in the NBA before. He's a rookie. And then the very next day, those last three guys, Anderson, Boatwright, and Culver, they waived. They signed them just to get their G League rights and cut them, so they will be—they will get a bonus if they play for the Madness this year. They can still explore other opportunities because teams are still shuffling their decks a little bit. A guy the Lakers waived. Their roster cuts was already claimed by the Wizards, for example, right? Like, there's still a little bit of shuffling that's going to happen, but, you know, it's mostly set in stone. so Adam, I think we kind of knew because Wanamaker was dominating the minutes, and that was the the big one to watch. But were you surprised at all by any of these cuts? Not a single surprise. (laughs) Yeah, me either.
0: Unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, once they signed Wanamaker, they basically had decided they're 14. And then Martin is the toss-up, but there was... Nobody was gonna go over and it was just whether they wanted to keep a guy in that spot or not, but they could push somebody back guaranteed. I guess Sykes was sort of maybe for that 15 spot. If like Martin was like, I'm not, you know, pushing my guarantee date back and was stubborn or whatever, and they were like, Well, Sykes will take the deal, and we can pay him very little and have a call it February 15th cut date or whatever day you can do. But uh, I think it was pretty obvious they have their 14 in the 15th spot. They've like you've been reporting all summer long, they probably want a non-guaranteed spot. There, so like, it may be a buyout market player, or if things because bonuses hit or whatnot, they can then make a move to kind of avoid being in the luxury tax.
1: And Wanamaker can technically be their non-guaranteed guy, and O'Shea non-guaranteed, but that's only technically. Yeah, as well. you know, he's, he's going to be on the team all season.
0: Yeah, but. I would assume both guys, like, even if they are non-guaranteed, are just needed. So like, they're basically guaranteed unless something happens. Well,
1: that's what I, I was going to say. Well, Wanamaker is non-guaranteed. I mean, Carlisle has stressed part of the reason for the signing was they that he really values experience from all of his point guards, and they needed a third point guard, right? They had no one behind McConnell. Brogdon's yeah. turned in preseason, and all of a sudden, Wanamaker's playing 25 minutes in like his second game with the team, right? He really values having that veteran guy. So Wanamaker in preseason, 19 minutes per game. He shot 40% from the field, 50% from deep. Uh, hopefully, he can regain some of that three-point shooting form he had back with Boston. 3.3 points, 2.3 rebounds, 3 assists per game. Just kind of... Doing stuff out there. Looked fine. Looked like an NBA player. And Sykes, you know, he was the guy that we thought had a chance to maybe shake things up like snag a two-way or earn that 15th spot because he played well in Summer League and and there was a report in the Indy Star that they liked him. Uh, He finished uh, 20 minutes per game. He shot 20% from the field, 17% from three, four points, 1.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Looked not good in their game against the Cavs, their final preseason game against the Cavs. And he got a big run and he was injured. So, Despite shooting really well and, and looking good in practice, and Carlisle again had nice things to say about him. I just don't think when stuff mattered he showed enough to, to even get the consideration over Wanamaker. That was the only one that I thought might change, but um, I think that the Pacers made all the right choices here.
0: Yeah, we see why Sykes is twenty eight years old and not been in the league yet. I mean
1: He he could 14. be great for the Mad Ants, right? He could really yeah, I mean, be great leading their team and, and getting the bonus down there and
0: well and if, could, if injury to a point guard on the pacers it's major for the season he's in the man playing well he could get an opportunity somehow to call up this season that, right, that like it right. that happen that's not out of the realm of possibility
1: yeah all these guys including anderson boatwright and culver like they're the candidates that will look at if the pacers need a 10-day guy at some point in this season if they do clear a roster spot so the that's it that they're down to 15 plus their two two ways but we talked about the things to watch the rest of this week a little bit already right because the Pacers want those non-guarantees on the back end for flexibility purposes, especially since they're about $1.4 million away from the tax now after the Sumner-Wanamaker roster swap, basically, that they did. Uh, so O'Shea's non-guaranteed, but again, they would not waive him, I don't think, unless he got injured. And then Wanamaker's non-guaranteed. And, and then Keelan, his contract guarantees uh, on, either the, on the first day of the season. I, I think it's the 20th, might be the 19th. It's confusing language, doesn't matter. I think what they want is for Keelan's deal to be non-guaranteed and then mid-season if they they can keep Wanamaker as their third point guard and then they can cut Keelan. But I get why Keelan might not want that. Pushing his date back again would be painful, but he has no leverage in the situation, right? Because his deal still isn't guaranteed. So we'll see what happens there. I still kind of feel like that guaranteed date will get pushed back. Yeah. Maybe it just makes the
0: team out, right? We'll see. What's up? Yeah, where's, he's going, where's he going if he doesn't get, like, right, I mean, right. he won't be on an NBA roster, and obviously you'd rather be on the roster, and, you know, maybe something happens, injuries, we've seen the Pacers, we've got five injuries currently, I think, yeah, uh, that could, you know, by, by by Friday there could be eight, he could be playing minutes, and if he plays well enough, then he can definitely, if he can't get a full guaranteed deal, the Pacers some point could go somewhere else because he shows something, right? He's He just needs to be on a roster to sort he, of have a shot.
1: He needs to have the, yeah, if he gets on the team, he's got a shot, even if he's non-guaranteed. So there's several reasons why he still might do it one more time. He'll make the team, and then he'll get paid every day. And even getting yep. to January is like a third of the season, so he'd make like $600,000, $700,000. That's nice. Good paychecks. Two Good paychecks. is, even like last year, he didn't show a ton before the guaranteed date last year, and they still kept him because they knew that they were going to be trying to trade Jalen queue at the trade deadline, which they ended up doing. That's how they cleared their roster spot and money instead, so they didn't have to cut Keelan, right? So maybe they get midway through the season, and they're like, you know what? We... we envision that we're going to trade a big at some point you know what can can i can i can i give you a
0: logical scenario actually
1: no is it go go related i'm guessing
0: no actually my thought was you know because wanamaker is going to be non-guaranteed right they decide to flip the lamb contract for a point guard that's their third point guard and they cut wanamaker and make that the number you know and that 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 seems kind of logical at some point let's say wanamaker isn't doing enough at the third guard spot lamb obviously they're healthy enough at the two guard at this point they don't need lamb and they want to <laughs> we'll save they want to go i mean like right the the big like trade been floating out there for a while was it tyus jones for lamb that was like the that one that my the most, idea but yeah that was your idea right but that's something similar where they get a imbalance or maybe even the lamb thing they make a trade for lamb and they take contract just cut and buy the guy out even makes less money and that again it opens up the roster spot they need and that move that's like a logical one goga does too but i, I think right. the lamb want to maker spots probably like more up in the end of the season i would think but i don't know so there
1: are reasons for keelan to push it back and still be happy with his decision and again making the team would be the ultimate good outcome for him so i think yeah. it's it's pretty possible it happens again though i get why his agent should be like guys come on we've already done this twice but that said the reasons we've said that keelan would push it back all summer have, have all turned up his way basically right like he pushed it back in august because if something happened with the pacers where they made a lamb trade, he would have been really secure, and nothing happened, but then he pushed it back again because he realized, okay, maybe I can beat out guys in camp, or they maybe they make another trade, and then a bunch of guys got hurt, and then they traded Sumner, and thank God he pushed that back because now he's got a better shot to make the team. Now, now if he pushes it back again, he's guaranteed to make the team, so it kind of sucks for him to be struck, strung along, but he makes the team, which is his ultimate goal, right? So so I think that that it could happen again, but we're jumping the gun a little talking about it, but I think it could happen again.
0: It's all about leverage too. I mean, if, if he doesn't have a guaranteed roster spot somewhere else, he'd rather be on a team getting paid each week than not be on a team, basically, right? Yeah. So he's gonna take the best deal he has available and that might be the best available. I don't I mean you know, we saw his last year with his guarantee date, right? He, it always went up right to it because like he I'm sure the Agent was trying to figure out does another team want him? Can he get to a team and get a full guaranteed spot? But if he can't, then he'll come back to me and I'll do probably the same thing again. The question will be how many days it's done guaranteed? Do they let him basically stream on the whole season or they set like a november or december timeline then it probably could get pushed again frankly so yeah i mean it's just it's all about leverage at this point for the pacers and for martin
1: i agree so the pacers roster as of right now legal for the season they might be done making moves watch out for some stuff with keelan in the next couple days we'll of course cover that all here i don't want to beat it to death but for my cap dork brain very fascinating so nothing surprising looks like we've got the pacers 15 set up to play regular season games. And we can finally talk about the regular season. We can't do it how we normally do these Monday weekly shows because normally how we do them is we kind of look at the team they're playing and the big matchups and who's playing well for that team and and how it could look for the Pacers. But we have no idea. These teams haven't played yet. The Hornets had a bunch of guys in COVID protocols and got smacked by 50 in a preseason game. That's not who the Hornets are. We have no idea who these teams are. So we're going to talk about some like overarching themes and stuff to watch for their three games this week. But first... I got to talk to you guys about the great folks over at Built Bar. And speaking of Bill Bar, I had one today, Blueberry Muffin. I got them recently. They are awesome. I think that's a new flavor, and they're really good. So what is Bill Bar? They are the best-tasting protein bars ever, 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy-to-chew protein bars. They come in a ridiculous number of flavors, and all of them are delicious. So there's something for everybody. You got to try them. Tons of our listeners have tried them and have tweeted me that they love them. I'm not just blowing smoke. These are the best protein bars out there. They have so many amazing flavors. My favorites are the cookie dough and the peanut butter brownie. I think Adam loves the peanut butter brownie as well, but they, again, have so many that everybody likes. There's a mixed box where you can get two of each of their nine most popular flavors and they're healthy too, right? Only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs, but they have only 130 to 180 calories and they have 17 to 18 grams of protein in just one bar. So good meal supplement, good snack, whatever you want to do with it. They're the official protein bar of the u.s track and field teams pretty sweet so go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your order that is built.com promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com adam real basketball games that matter we're not talking I know about it's been almost
0: four Brad months Brad, want to make right?
1: keeper sykes getting big minutes i'm so excited for real games
0: yeah uh i i am excited but also uh a little bit pessimistic about the Pacers just, you know, first what month and a half of games kind of uh, concerning this week. Isn't like so brutal, but their early season schedules just, just isn't it? Wait, hold on. You say it's not brutal. Well, I guess, let's see. Isn't it? Well, I guess the injuries kind of make, make the brutal, playoffs, they're playing, right? Like a, a 10 seed in the East and the nine seed in the East. And then the, yeah, but they're playing four playoff teams, <laughs> they, I mean, are, they are three they're playoff teams, teams and a playing really team, team. In a play-in and a playing team. Tough. So yeah, they are
1: in like, Charlotte. On Wednesday in Washington, Friday, home opener Saturday against the Heat. Of course, their home opener is a traveling back-to-back. That's awesome. Great product for the fans. I love back-to-backs. <laughs> Can you tell? So it's a tough week, and I think that something I am going to be watching for, and this is a little too granular, but that's okay. It's who I am, is mostly because he's healthy, but also because this is a great week to show what he's got. Is I'm excited to see Tory Craig and the impact he brings to this team when the games matter because – We've talked about, and I even brought it up earlier this show, how these bigger forwards smoked the Pacers last year. OG Ananobi had a huge game. Jason Tatum had huge games. Gordon Hayward had big games. Mikael Bridges had a career game. Harrison Barnes had a huge game. Like Some of the guys are stars, but some of them are just like good players who went off because the Pacers either didn't have the size or the strength to defend that type of player last year. And Bjorkren's scheme was a little bit of a culprit there too. But now they have Torrey Craig. And Torrey Craig... Can do that role better than anyone they've had on the team since that. And he's and he's very bulky and he's had played good defense in the preseason. His offense has been very weird. We'll see what happens there. But uh, something I am looking forward to watching this week is the Pacers take on Gordon Hayward and Jimmy Butler and Rui Achimura. I don't know if Rui's back yet. I think he was away from the Wizards for personal reasons. But just in general, good opportunities for him to show, as my dad is calling me, uh, what he can do in a new role and how he that can help the Pacers and kind of change their fortunes on defense.
0: Yeah, I, I I was concerned by Craig's offense in the preseason, um, but you know, preseason doesn't obviously doesn't mean much. So it means actually very little to be honest. So I'll be interested to see what he can do because uh, he has the like you told me this too, and I once I watched it, like he has the body type. It looks like he should be a pretty good like forward. He's like probably six seven long, kind of big. Should be able to guard most guys between you know the honestly from like a shooting guard to a I think a smaller power power forward. Um, but if he's just junking shots up like he did in the, what was it? The, was it the Memphis game? He shot really oh, bad every, from? every game, every, <laughs> every game. But there I was one day where it was like, <laughs> 0 for five or one of six, particularly bad. Um, that I remember just, just like airballing a three at one point. That's good. I'm be okay concerning. with him shooting
1: threes, but he's taking pull up threes and dribbling well, the crate. I'm like, what, what?
0: Well, he's actually not. I mean, last year he shot 37% on like two a game. Years in our, oh, no, played. yeah. So that's like not that's not terrible. If he does that as a bench player, that's fine. He just he's got to do that. And he yeah, he also took seasons. two
1: a game, not
0: six yeah, took, like <laughs> took no, I said I said he took two a game in his 50 games played. Oh yes, yes. yes. Sorry. hundred. hundred total threes. It made uh what would that be like thirty-seven of them?
1: Yeah. He took more than five one time last year. One time.
0: Yeah, he won't be doing that again, hopefully. Um <laughs> or he'll be he'll not be playing. You know, look really disappointing. The fact that this guy who there's like four injuries and he's not playing minutes was also safe. It's big volumes, frankly. Um, I'm surprised though you didn't say your most exciting thing was just watching a competent or uh, maybe maybe it's too harsh, but a really good coach kind of like bring some some a new level of uh what's the right way to put it? Like uh, professionalism to the team or like because I think the the big thing with Carlisle is he's just, like we haven't really seen his systems in in play yet, and we will see him the first game because that's you know, you don't bring him out in the preseason. I'll be interested to watch. his out of bounds, timeout, play, stuff like that. All kind of all kind of little things that they do differently maybe than last season, or maybe even kind of do they go back to some of the things they did well under McMillan because that's what Carlos was successful. Or I don't know. We'll just kind of see. I think
1: we've seen some of his stuff both because their play style in preseason match summer league and Kalen Cooper's detailing this really well on her Twitter feed. But we've seen a lot of similar plays that the Mavs ran last year in the regular season and what they've shown in the preseason. But obviously not everything. Miles Turner even after their last preseason game was like, "Yeah, you know we're." We're still implementing stuff we're not doing everything yet but mm. yeah just seeing how the team plays differently and and how good he can be in a regular season setting right with the nba gm survey ranked him i think is the second best uh adjusting coach in the nba behind like Lu. right so will they be a really good second half team how to just how do they look in these games right if it, if it if they're getting surprised by a team at some point do they go on big runs that we haven't like last year they had a big run against them like every game it felt like right oh, yeah. so Maybe they, that wasn't a thing that happened to the Pacers before last year. So that made me think it was something Bjorkman was doing. Like maybe that's a relic of the past. Those kind of things will be something that I am also excited to watch. And, this
0: week. and something that makes a coach – a good coach great is his ability to maximize the back end of his roster when he has lots of injuries, right? I mean, this is what Popovich has been great at for years, where, like, right. San Antonio can just throw, literally, you name the player out there, and they'll win games still. And actually, with the Mavs, Carla has been in that situation NBA, with the NBA. Mavs. Yeah, and honestly, McMillan had a little bit of that, too, with the Pacers. And so, like, that's something you notice with some of the, with, like, really good coaches, is that, like, you know, they can take your Keelan, Marins, probably that's maybe too far down, but take your Tory Craigs and get win games with them. So, yeah, that's what I'm interested to see.
1: This is maybe a little too broad as well. I'm kind of spraying with my topics here, but because of the teams they're playing, you know, the, the Hornets and, and Wizards both are going to be looking to get better where, the, where they were last year. They were in the play-in with the Pacers. The Heat were sixth, right? So these are three teams last year that were between six and ten in the conference, right? The Pacers want to be better than all these teams, so it's early in the season. You know, you don't want to to overreact to anything this early. But how do they look against teams that they're going to be competing with? for seeding, maybe the Heat should be better than them, but how do they look against these teams that are, are either right around them or where they want to be in the conference? I mean, it's a good test to start the season in that way, too.
0: Yeah, I, the Heat might have some minor growing pains, right? With Kyle Lowry coming in and just, I mean, that happens to, they'll have most of the rosters, it's not like they had a complete turnover and a whole new big three, but it still could be a little bit of growing pains, and with the Wizards, I don't actually, I mean, I think they're actually probably better without Russ, just because they are deeper and whatnot, but do we is Bradley Beal even playing? What I mean, right? He's not to like get too. But he's not vaccinated, right? So isn't there some issues about whether he's going to play or not? No, he's I don't playing. Know how it's going to work? He's not vaccinated, I said, but he is playing. Okay, their market is allowing that, and so is Indiana. So yeah, he should be fine. I guess it's, it's not even Indiana. Road, to, right?
1: road doesn't matter. matter.
0: It's only your your hometown or home. Oh, interesting stadium. Oh, interesting. Okay, so he'll be playing. Um But you know, there is. With not being vaccinated, that does create some more issues that could pop up. I mean, I just, I'm just sure to see what that team looks like without Russell Westbrook and with like, you know, I think three decent players in a spot. Just, is it just different? Because Russ killed the Pacers last year, frankly. I mean, they were Aaron they were Holiday revenge him. Yeah. How quickly we forget. That. I'm not worried about that one as much. I'm more, He's I just, been good you think know, the last season. I mean, didn't Russ have like a thirty-two and thirty against the Pacers last year or something? What was this like man, crazy 20s, stat? Yeah, went, something like that. Was a twenty and yeah. twenty and like fifteen. Yeah, it was gross. Like, it was insane. Yeah, so it just. I think he had 20, uh, 20, and
1: twenty. Right? Didn't he have twenty assists as well?
0: Uh, you know, you're, there was a game where they was like one fifty-four to one forty. Right? right, that was the game they played against them. Yeah, so he was, had like the most bonkers stat line of all time. Yeah, well, the Wizards last year in general just didn't play defense. I mean, that was like they just refused. But okay, he sure. had. Uh,
1: he had a 14-21-24 game against the Pacers. And then okay. he had 35-14-21 game against the Pacers. Okay, that's the game I'm thinking of.
0: <laughs> that, that's but, I mean, nuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and they have a new coach too, so that should be interesting. I mean, that's yep. that there there are some changes to the teams that they you know, a team that has as much continuity as the Pacers, you would hope, could cut catch some of these kind of transitioning teams early on. But with the injuries, that might ne- negate that pretty much.
1: One last thing for me. That I'll be watching in these games. Look, I am admittedly a basketball dork. Like, I get into the weeds about every player, regardless of their spot on the roster, and how the coach can help this guy, and how the pitchers can be better in this way, but let's just, Domas Sabonis, he's the best player on this team, he has been
0: the last two seasons. Is can he? he just
1: come out and be an MF in these first two games,
0: first is three he games? Or is or is Brogdon me. the best player on the team?
1: Well, I think Brogdon's the best when he's <laughs> healthy, but Sabonis has been the best total package yeah. player their last two seasons. Yeah, both uh, both of them, sure. Can they? Can the All Star and the close to All Star on this team come out and start the season and just be awesome? Right, Brogdon's been really good to start seasons with the Pacers in the past. Can he continue that? Well, he's coming from a shoulder thing. Can Sabonis get better? How great can he be to start off this season? Can they get the Pacers through this liver injury at two and two, at three and one, even? Right? How can they do in these games? And can those guys really lead the team? Really, like they were looking for a leader. They've got it now. Brogdon stepping up. And now, can they have Sabonis be dominant enough on the court to get them some wins?
0: Yeah. I mean, every single season, Sabonis has been a pacer. He's improved at something. He went yep. from 11 points a game his first year to last year. He had 20. He went from two assists a game that first year. Now he averages almost seven. He shot better from three last year than he's ever shot on more attempts. Like every single year, Sabonis brings something new. What will it be this year? Will it will it be something it'll probably be a little more subtle? Like I don't think he's gonna, you know, be a forty-five percent three point shoot all of a sudden, but it might <laughs> be he gets his turnovers down, right? Last year he had a lot of assists, also had a lot of turnovers. Maybe he'll be more in the twos instead of the mid threes. That's a, that would be a huge improvement in some ways. Um but yeah, Sabonis is always a good pick. I mean, the last I guess the last guy I'm interested in, I guess is Dewarte, just because he's gonna play this yes. now. And yep. that's the rookie and that's he looks like the best rookie since Miles Turner on the Pacers, frankly, at least in preseason. And so is that real or are we just, you know? hoping it in, in into existence and maybe Isaiah
1: Jackson, if he ends up in the rotation, we'll see True. where the real is going to play like
0: real minutes with starters. That's right. a little more telling of what he could do. Yeah, they like.
1: had O'Shea in the rotation in the last first half of the preseason game with Jackson next to him. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I think that Jackson's ahead of O'Shea in the rotation regardless. Yeah. Duarte's the big one and I can stop saying usually rookies are bad. Now I'll have tangible games to look and say, here's how good or bad the rookies have been, how much they're helping the team, right? Like, it's going to be fascinating to see them in actual games, and I and I'm looking forward to especially like we get to see Duarte against Booknight, who went two picks ahead of him in the draft in their first game. We get to see Duarte versus Kispert, who went two picks behind him in their next game. Like obviously, you're not going to be defining these guys' careers in the first two games of their careers, but it's a, it's a fun evaluation standpoint thing really early on too. Do you think is Kispert
0: going to be in the Lewis rotation? I, I honestly have not.
1: Probably the quality. backup three, I would say.
0: Okay, and then. Book They've Knight. been pretty wonky in the preseason too, because Booknet's going like, to be in Hachi the back end
1: of the team and stuff.
0: Right, Booking will be in the back end of the Hornets rotation too. Right, I mean, yeah, like, he had, had a good preseason. Booknet did. Yeah. He did. Okay. Yep. I, I honestly, I mean, followed the Patriots preseason. Wasn't super locked into the Hornets preseason. Not going to lie. I mean, I, was, I <laughs> wow, was the, unbelievable. I know. Can you believe that? I wasn't like you, you know, know on Hornets
1: too on the side.
0: <laughs> no, but no i do not but yeah so i'm excited because also for the games it's just like you can start getting real evaluations i mean they'll always be the copy of the first 20 games but you get some like real games under people's belts you can start making like real predictions about what they will look like or what they can and can't do
1: i know there is caveats about the first 20 games but like typically after 20 games the standings like seven of the eight top eight ends up being the same by the end of the season it's pretty crazy so It's important to get off to a good start. Maybe the Pacers will be that outlier team this year because of their schedule. We'll see a reminder when we did our schedule preview show. First of all, they didn't have any injuries when we did that. So we weren't really sure who wouldn't wouldn't be playing. But Adam predicted win in Charlotte, win in Washington, lose against Miami. And I predicted win in Charlotte, lose in Washington and lose against Miami. So we will see who can win the predictions game this season. But LaVert's injury already throwing a wrench in our early predictions.
0: Yeah, I might, if, I, if I knew the verbs were to be hurt, I might have changed my picks. to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think that more than one win would obviously be a successful weekend. And depending on who the one is against, I could maybe go, okay, that was fine. They're really banged up. But ideally, they need to walk out of this this week with two wins, I would say.
0: I think one's a win just because of how injured they are. <laughs> they are but so hurt, maybe. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think not starting like 0-5 is kind of a low-key miracle at this point just <laughs> because of injuries. Yeah,
1: they're hurt. We'll see what happens. And we'll break it all down here, of course, on Locked on Pacers tomorrow. Fun show from each of us. Three bold predictions for this Pacers season. Unless something changes, uh, we'll see. I can't really tip too much there. But should be fun. Come stick around for that. Reminder, we are on YouTube now. We're over 200 subscribers. Thank you, guys. If you can get us to 250, I'll have a silly mustache for one of these recordings so you can see my face looking stupid or something like that. I also have a kid's extra small Larry Bird jersey from when I was in fourth grade. Maybe I'll wear that or something. Uh, So, Keep subbing on YouTube. Thanks for watching there if that's your preferred way of listening to podcasts. Thank you guys a ton for tuning in today. You can follow me at T-East NBA, Adam at Freeman Adam 5, and this show on Twitter at Lockdown Pacers to get all the updates about the Pacers and this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you tomorrow.